Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. In the Sports Center Bridger Chambers, he lives in Butte right now, but people that are listening on our Western Montana airwaves, yeah. radio style, will probably recognize Bridger Chamber. He's from Stevensville. Mm. So he's Steve I native. Uh, actually played basketball at, Mon- at uh, Montana Western. Really? And uh, now he's a steer wrestler. I'll tell you what, Bridger Chamber's pretty good in the post. Yeah. Uh, when he can jump off a horse and, and uh, wrestle a animal, yeah. pretty, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, Ty Erickson... Who's about to be a three-time world champion in wrestling? Right. We talk about all these male linebackers and D tackles and stuff. You want to see a prototype athlete? <laughs> I mean, this guy gets off his horse. He is six five, two fifty. Probably never lifted a weight in his life. Well, why would you if you're lifting a cow? Indeed. Yes. Uh, Coulter, I know you got to run. You're going to go down to practice and, uh, and interview a couple of guys, but wanted to run through some of these national awards with you in the FCS level. The uh, the finalists for the Buck Buchanan Award and the Walter Payton Award are out, and among them, linebacker Dante Olson for the Montana Grizzlies. He's a sec- uh, finalist for the second time uh, in the Buck Buchanan Award. And Kevin Thompson, Sac State's quarterback and also Tutel Nuwana's correspondent throughout the year, California correspondent. Appreciate him very much. He's a finalist for the Walter Payton Award as well. In case Cook is worth mentioning, also a finalist yes. for the Walter Payton Award as well. They announced four finalists, which means the voting up top was closer. Uh, a couple of points I think that are worth making. First of all, you want to know the quality of the quarterbacks in the Big Sky Conference? Eric Berrier from Eastern Washington was third team all conference in the Big Sky and was fifth in the Walter Payton voting. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, you got a guy, you got a guy out here, which isn't who, just quarterbacks. People, that's all offense. You might, you, you got a guy out here in Case Cookers who might straight up win it, being the second team All Conference quarterback in his conference. Yeah, it's amazing. So, 
I'll tell you this, full disclosure, I voted for Kevin Thompson. Kevin Thompson threw 35 touchdowns, rushed for another 10 during the regular season. He was as good as anybody in the country. And I think that combined with the level his team won at, combined with the fact that it was an absolutely historic season for Sacramento State, he got my vote. But I do think that Pete Guerrero from Monmouth, who... If he would have had his average game in Missoula, would have had even bigger numbers because he rushed for 1,600-plus yards while rushing for about 45 yards in Missoula in September. Yeah. He could have really he, – he could have been even gaudier numbers if he would have had a little bit more. But then Trey Lance is an interesting one, too, because he hasn't doesn't have the throwing numbers of Cookus or Thompson. But he's got almost 1,000 yards rushing, and NDSU has won – 33, 34 now games in a row. How crazy is that? The NDSU broke the record for the all-time winning streak in FCS history last week, and no one's talking about it because they broke their own record. I mean, you know. I remember the first time, though, when they were chasing, I think the previous record was 30 straight wins, and it was big news all the time. And now it's like, oh, oh, you you won 34 in a row? Oh, you won 33 in a row two years ago, so congratulations. You know what it is? UConn women's basketball. Man. I mean, they they did that same thing with like 94 wins in a row or maybe even over 100. I can't remember what it was. But people are like, hey, you know, congratulations. You beat yourself for the third time in that very same category. Yeah, and it is. It's 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 totally impressive, but not nearly as notable as whenever they lose whatever the next game is that they ever lose. Um, in terms of the Buck Buchanan Award, yeah. I think that sacks are a much more critical and telling stat than tackles broadly. I think that tackles are kept in an inconsistent factor across right. the country. Yeah. What what constitutes an assist? What constitutes a solo? How many tackles are you going to rack up? It's just it's vastly different in press boxes across the United States of America. A sack is a sack is a sack is a sack. And a sack is going to impact a drive that's going to put the offense behind the sticks. That said, the two guys that are finalists along with Dante Olson, Sonny Lachey and Rondell Carter, those guys are both great players. They're both defensive ends. They both had good seasons. I think they both had 11 to 12 sacks. Not as many as guys like George Obino, Bryce Sterk, or even Eli Menser from Albany who played in Bozeman last weekend. Right. But still good seasons. Uh, the CAA, which James Madison's a part of, was not as good this year. As they traditionally have been. They're still solid league, but not as good yep. as the Missouri Valley or the Big Sky. Yep. The Ohio Valley, or excuse me, the Southland, which Nichols is in, also not as good as they traditionally are. So I think the, even though I feel this way about tackles, throw it all out. You can talk about Dante Olsen if he's stacking tackle numbers with assists, whatever. In terms of being able to play multiple gaps at once, in terms of being able to impact the game in literally every avenue of it, and in terms of being able to make plays that no one else I have ever seen at this level be able to make, Dante Olson is the number one eye test player I have ever covered. I mean, Montana has had a long string of phenomenal linebackers, including multiple guys like Caleb McSurdy, Jordan Tripp, Brock Coyle, who played in the NFL. Dante Olson is better. He's not only better, he's way more productive. And some of the stuff that last week... Southeastern Louisiana threw a little screen pass to the flat to Devontae Williams, who by all accounts was their fastest player. Dante Olsen tracked him down from behind for a three-yard gain. There's no special stat for that. But that's a 13-yard gain against anybody else in the country. A one-on-one with your Mike linebacker. There's no chance he's catching that guy. (laughs) And he caught him. And it's just plays like that where you're just like, man, this kid is unbelievable. He had that play, the, the, I guess it was, it was the Weber game 
where he, it was an outside bubble screen, and he went underneath the block. Ty Gregorak described this exact play, went underneath the block and then beat the guy to the spot on the side. It's impossible that you can make that play, and he makes those plays. So even though I think tackles are an overrated stat, throw that out the window. Dante Olson's the best player. He's the best player in the country. There's no way you're convincing me there's guys that are better than him. So I yeah. voted for Dante Olson. Okay. Uh, Coulter, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your evening, my friend. Uh, and uh, good luck. Get us some good audio, and we'll play it for the people the rest of the week. We appreciate it. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Take a quick break. Want to remind you here in about oh 35 minutes from now, Jay Hill, who is the head coach of the Weber State Wildcats, uh, is going to uh, join. Well, it was us, and now it's me. Uh, but uh, talk about the Grizz Weber State game, uh, Grizz Wildcats two this season, and uh, and get you set for that. But next, got a bunch to go through. We're going to talk about first of all the full schedule for the FCS weekend, where you're at, where the games are. We'll also get into a bunch of bowl games. There's, uh, well, I got a list. It's small font. Where are we at? Like thirty something, right? Thirty three, something like that. Bowl games. What's good? What's bad? What needs to change? And we waited for Coulter to leave so I could just tell you the truth without him encumbering me all the time because they're all great. Next. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good evening, Ryan Tutel. Happy to be with you. Here's a little sports news for you. The University of Montana football and women's basketball teams had departures over the past week. Grizz redshirt freshman wide receiver Jesse Owens and Lady Grizz combo guard Sammy Fatkin are no longer with their respective programs. Owens, a 5'9", 170-pound wide receiver, earned Class AA Offensive MVP honors as a senior at Billings West. He hauled in 71 passes over 1,100 yards and 13 touchdowns to help the Golden Bears to a state AA title. He was also a first-team All-State basketball player in high school, and this past fall was Montana's Offensive Scout Player of the Year. The NCAA transfer portal, he entered it on December the 5th, as first reported by Skyline Sports. Sammy Fatkin, she's a former three-star recruit who began her career at the University of Arizona. She left the Lady Grizz last week. Skyline Sports reported that on December 6th. The Sammamish Washington native played her freshman year for the Wildcats before transferring to Montana. She sat out the first semester of last season but played in the second half, starting the final 15 games of the year. In six games this season, Fatkin averaged 16 minutes and 5.5 points per game. 
A pair of bareback riders from the Bitterroot Valley earned money at the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas Monday. Caleb Bennett of Corvallis was fourth, and he earned $11,000, while Stevensville transplant Richard Champion was sixth, earned over $4,200. Also, Ty Erickson of Helena and, and Bridger Chambers placed in steer wrestling. Because you look so fine that I really want to make you mine. Welcome back. Two Tell Nuanas with really just Two Tell. Happy to be with you here on this Tuesday evening. A great day it is. Broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, and online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you want to call, 329-1899-329-1899. The phone lines are open, so feel free to get in here in the next 10, 15 minutes. If you want to talk about some bowl games, we can do that. 329-1899. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Uh, if you uh, would like to listen live, and maybe it's uh, easier on your phone, your device, your tablet. Maybe you're uh, trying to be a little more clandestine about this thing. You go online 1029ESPN.com You can listen via the stream. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank. Your local bank. Your opportunity. All guests join us. Did I say this already? Via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Including, by the way, in about a half an hour from now, Jay Hill, the head coach of the Weber State Wildcats. who We will uh, try to get on here after practice. We're working uh, with a little bit of thin margins on the logistics here. Practice going to get over. Trying to get it done before before the show ends uh, at 6 o'clock. So try and uh, catch Jay Hill right at the end here on a, on a short week. And obviously, we were state preparing uh, for uh, for Montana on Friday night, 8 p.m. kickoff. I want to set this up for everybody just so you know because, I, I, again, it's, it's such a funky weekend of football. There are five, five college football games this weekend. Okay, that's it. That's all. Four of them are FCS quarterfinals. One of them is the Army-Navy game on Saturday. That game, by the way, 1 o'clock kickoff, Army-Navy on Saturday on CBS television. The other four, three of them are being played on Friday night. It's a doubleheader on ESPN2. If you're wondering why the Grizz game is so late, it's because it is uh, uh, you know, book is a television deal, right? Northern Iowa is at James Madison at 5 o'clock on Friday night. That will be followed immediately by Montana at Weber State at 8 p.m. Friday night. Okay, uh, uh, they are they are occupying the late uh, window. Austin P is at Montana State. That is at six o'clock on Friday on ESPN three. Again, Montana State requested this game to be moved from Saturday to Friday because of graduation on Saturday. They accommodated that request for the game to be played, but. It will not now be on ESPN television as such. As such, it will still be on uh, the ESPN, uh, uh, you know, online uh, there on ESPN three. And then on Saturday, the other quarterfinal, Illinois State at North Dakota State. That's at ten. Uh, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. on ESPN television, regular old ESPN, uh, ESPN the Uno, as I like to say. So there you go. Uh, we had a little conversation. We are going to get into these bowl games in just a moment. But uh, at the uh, press conference earlier this week, had a little, uh, well, this small conversation, I guess you could call it, with Bobby Houck about this game being at night. Okay? I love night games. Love them. Coulter for college football, hates them, 
And I'll give you one guess what Bobby Houck thinks about night games. Give this a listen. Playing Friday, like you said, it's a shorter week now, but it is for them as well. They don't have to travel. That's true. But do you like playing a night game? No. Why not? I think night games suck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm honest today. I'm telling the truth today. I think college football is a day game. A Saturday afternoon game. Okay. I mean, pretty to the point and fine. You think that night games suck? That's all right. I don't exactly know why. I do understand when it's finals week, it's already a compressed week, and now you're moving the game from Saturday to Friday for the sake of television. Mm. Mm. That's a bit of a struggle. We'll have a lot more sound from Bobby Houck tomorrow. Uh, one of the things he did mention, though, is that he loves the fact that they're on ESPN, too. He thinks it's big for the branding of the school, branding of the university, branding of the football team, and exposure in general, and he's absolutely right. I mean, having a game that's just available to be watched while you're sitting around, you know, every bar in America on a Friday evening or at your house or wherever you are, as opposed to having to go find a game on an online platform, even though it's a major online platform like ESPN, uh, it's a much different deal. It's just a much different deal. People will absorb that, see that, note that uh, when they they ordinarily never otherwise would have by the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, over the course of, of Friday evening. And so that is, again, we went back to our conversation about Montana State versus Austin P. why uh, it's a major loss for Montana State, uh, the, the entire institution, to be moving this game from the Saturday to the Friday and therefore to no longer be on ESPN or ESPN2. Uh, when it comes to the night games, though, Okay, Saturday, you know, college football is a Saturday day game. Traditionally, that's the case. Obviously, television has changed that significantly. You got Maction on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, for crying out loud, just so that they can have, a, you know, a, a piece of the national spotlight. You got Pac-12 after dark. And then, of course, the game of the day is usually the primetime game on, uh, well, several of them, but often on the AS, ABC, ESPN, uh, you know, game that, 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 that Fowler and Herb Street are doing. It is, uh, it is the matchup in the country on that given day, and it's played in the evening, and that's when people are able to watch it and consume it and take it in. And so from that standpoint, I think having a night game on a Friday night when you got, th- there will be one game, one game and one game only going on uh, while Montana is playing Weber State, mostly in the second half. That's Montana, Weber State. That's it. Okay, If you want to watch football, and we're a football, like, starving country here, it's the only thing you can have is football on. It's the only game. That's unbelievable exposure. And even though the Austin P Montana State game is going to overlap the first, I don't know, probably quarter and a half or so, they kick off at 6 o'clock, two hours before the Grizzlies and the Wildcats. So they will be, you know, probably middle of the third quarter would be my guess. Early third quarter maybe by the time Montana Weber State kicks off. It doesn't really matter. Because everybody who's going to be watching that game will be dialed into it on the stream. Nobody on the television. Everybody's just going to be coming over from the Northern Iowa James Madison game. The the you know the leftovers there watching this game, and it's the only game on all of TV in the country. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's great real estate, as they say. That's water. That's 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 lakeside real estate to have that game for all four of those schools on a Friday night. That's that is. Really, maybe one of the undertold benefits of the quarterfinals specifically, because this is the week 
that nothing's happening in college football. Nothing. I mean, okay, Army-Navy, sure, get it, but you understand what I'm saying. I mean, even last weekend seems slim, right, because there's like, I don't know, 10 championship football games going on, but they still, I mean, there's plenty of football, right? Great games, by the way, last weekend. Well, one, really, the Big 12 championship game, but nonetheless, fun to watch. But this weekend, what am I going to do? Friday, Saturday, I got nothing. Well, this is what you got to do. Quarterfinals of the FCS. So I think it's worth watching. And I think having a night game is fantastic. It's certainly great exposure. And I think it's fun, man. I like building up to the evening. Now, I'm more of a night guy, okay, admittedly. You know? I, you know, I'm not getting up at 4.30 a.m. I got some doctor friends out there. I got some lawyer friends out there. They're up at 4 a.m. They're headed to the gym. You know, you want to have a good, fun life like that, you go ahead. Let me sleep in. And by the way, I got the kids trained on that whole deal as well. Thank you very much. I worked long and hard to ensure that my children stay stay in bed. Okay? Stay in bed. I will come and get you mid-morning. Okay? So 8 p.m. works great for me. I'm into that. I'm all over that. What it's worth. It's one man's opinion. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Sutel Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. Let's talk a little bit of college football, FBS style, the Bulls. I got the in front of me the entire bowl list, all of them sitting right here. Now, this has been such a weird year because Christmas and uh, New Year's Day are on Wednesdays, man, right in the middle of the week. Now, what was it, about four years ago or something like this, they played the uh, semifinals, you know, one verse four and two verse three in the FBS on New Year's Eve. If that's the dumbest thing I could ever imagine you doing, I mean, just just obnoxiously stupid to do that. They didn't do it three years ago, David tells me. Okay. I understand why, because this is the way that the dates worked out in HD, you know, a different day in New Year's. And so stop that. Don't be foolish. It doesn't matter what the scenario is. Do not play the semifinals of the for the national championship on New Year's Eve when everybody and their mother is wearing glitter and weird green hats and glasses and they're out and being obnoxious. Okay? Leave don't do that. Okay? We got too much at stake here to have our have our have our concentration torn away from us because we're busy trying to plan where we're going to be when the clock strikes midnight, okay? We got better things to do than that. Play it on New Year's Day or this I'm fine with. 
play it on a Saturday that's not even close to New Year's. Saturday the 28th. They got four games on the 28th. Good games, by the way, uh, in uh, in the main. All of them uh, uh, ranked matchups with the exception of Iowa State. Who Iowa State plays Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl. And Penn State plays Memphis. Memphis is the team that got into uh, one of the uh, New Year's six bowls from the, the uh, you know, mid-majors, as it were, the uh, group of five teams. Memphis and Penn State. Obviously, everybody's going to be on Penn State. That's in the uh, Cotton Bowl, by the way. And then in the evening, the Peach Bowl, Oklahoma versus LSU. And then, cannot wait for this football game, the Fiesta Bowl, Clemson and Ohio State on Saturday night. Uh, Saturday, I guess, afternoon, uh, as it were. Uh, No, no, it will be Saturday night, 4 o'clock Eastern time, so 2 o'clock in the afternoon for Oklahoma LSU, and then the primetime game, 6 p.m., Ohio State versus Clemson. Those are going to be great games, and especially two unbeatens in that first semifinal. Fantastic. Now, here's the thing. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, excuse me, uh, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know that I, I don't even believe there has ever been an actual national champion in the FBS. Never happened. You know that I think that this playoff thing is a bunch of garbage, to say it in the FCC-regulated way that I have to here on the radio, okay? That is all true. It also doesn't mean that it's still not incredibly fun, that I still don't love every single bowl game from the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl right up into the, quote, national champion. Just because I think it's a farce, just because I think it's a joke that the powers that be haven't made this into a proper playoff like what we have at the FCS level, uh, doesn't mean that I don't think that it's interesting or that it's not enjoyable or that a matchup in any game in any scenario between two unbeaten football teams like Clemson and Ohio State is it going to be awesome it's going to be awesome it's going to be great to watch it's going to be hugely dramatic it should just be happening I don't know right now you know this should be happening now I mean, it is unbelievable the teams that are not playing in this. I mean, Alabama, they shouldn't be there. They don't deserve to be there. But do you think if Alabama was in, I don't know, an 8 or a 12-team playoff, that people wouldn't still be very intrigued and interested to see what would happen and the result of a football game that they might end up playing in? Utah, Oregon, okay, the Pac-12, every Pac-12 champion, which in this case the Oregon Ducks, would be in automatically. It's crazy that this doesn't happen. And it's just, I mean, it's a win-win-win across the board. Don't talk to me about the regular season. It's such an an asinine and unfounded argument about how much better the regular season is. And if you expand the playoff, it's not as good. It's better. It's better. Because it means that if you happen to lose on the first day of the year against another nationally ranked opponent, your season isn't over, okay, in that respect. So I don't want to hear about all that. You put more seats at the table, you get a bigger buffet, it's a better event. You want to eat by yourself and vote on this thing? Be my guest. You want to eat with three other friends? That's okay. It's a nice dinner. You want to get everybody together and have yourself some fun? Get a proper playoff going. That said, I can't wait for Oklahoma, LSU, and Clemson, Ohio State. It's going to be great. Those are your Saturday, December 28th games. On actual New Year's Day, which is a Wednesday this year, You got them all. The Outback Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, and the Rose Bowl, as well as the Sugar Bowl. Now, I was surprised about this. Oregon is the number six team in the nation. They are going to be playing Wisconsin in the Sugar Bowl. Or, excuse me, in the Cotton Bowl. Nope, nope. 0 for 2. 
the Rose Bowl. That's how it works. Big Ten, Pac-12, the Rose Bowl. Oregon, Wisconsin, and Pasadena, 3 o'clock kickoff on ESPN and the Rose Bowl. Now, I love this matchup. I'm glad it's these two teams. I am, in part, a Wisconsin guy, so I'm happy that the Badgers are there. I think it's crazy that Penn State isn't in this game. Crazy to me that Penn State is not in this football game. Wisconsin lost to Ohio State twice. Look, everybody's lost to Ohio State. That's not the end of the world. But they are now a three-loss team because they also lost to Illinois. Illinois. Okay, and Illinois was better this year than a lot of people thought, but Penn State as a two-loss team just because they did not play in their conference championship game because, hello, they're on the same side of that as Ohio State, that they would not be selected to be in this game is surprising to me. And I think it's a huge trap game because not only are they not playing in the Rose Bowl, they are playing in the Cotton Bowl, which is great, but against Memphis, which to them is probably not great. And how many times have we seen the group of five team win in the New Year's Six game for two reasons. One, because they're really good and Memphis is an outstanding football team. And two, because the the Power Five team that thought that they were going to have maybe national championship playoff aspirations is all of a sudden going against a team they don't they wouldn't even play in a regular season football game. And they think mm. and what do you need to know to assess Bowl games, FBS bowl games. All you need to know is who wants to be there. It's not about who's better. It's not about matchups. Not even really about coaching. It's about which team is motivated and happy to be playing in the game that they're in. And if one team is excited about it, which the group of five team is always excited about it, Memphis is going to be up and ready to rock and roll with the Penn State Nittany Lions. But can Coach Franklin get Penn State, who believes it, that it was snubbed, that it should be playing in the Rose Bowl against Oregon. I mean, look, man, the Rose Bowl against Oregon, if you are in the in the Big Ten, is such a step up from the Cotton Bowl against Memphis. It just is. And it's not a slight against Memphis. It is, it's, we're talking about a, the, one of the longest traditions in football, period, the Rose Bowl between the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. That's right. It's the granddaddy of them all. And so this one, I have some trepidation about Penn State. And then people will say if Penn State loses to Memphis, we'll see they shouldn't have been in the Rose Bowl. No, that's not, that's not the point at all. That doesn't prove anything. It just proves that they were either not as good as Memphis, maybe Memphis is better than you think, or also that they weren't really ready to go, that they weren't completely engaged in that football game. I think there's a real chance Memphis jumps up and gets Penn State because of the situation that landed Penn State there. Uh, the other, uh, the night game there, by the way, in the Allstate Sugar Bowl, Georgia-Baylor. Of the New Year's Six Bowl games, this is the game that just doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry, man. just doesn't do it. Like, Georgia w- got whipped by LSU, straight whipped by LSU. And they are a good football team who is just simply not at the level of the best teams in the country. And I think the fact that they're number five is inaccurate. They also lost to South Carolina, okay? South Carolina, they're just not very good. I mean, they're just an okay team. If you are a nationally elite football team, if you're a top 10, you don't, you, no, 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 no. You don't lose that, that, that game. And look, you can talk to me all day long about any given Saturday. You can give me any, you know, all this, you know, any football game that you might have. But Georgia's undefeated. 
thinks that they are going to be going against Alabama or LSU in the SEC championship game. By the way, they did go to the SEC championship game. They say are going to make a run at a national championship and you lose to South Carolina? No. No, no, no. That can't happen. What do you say? South Carolina did make a bowl against Florida. Is that right? Okay, four and eight. Yes, not against Florida. They're four and eight. Right. One of those wins against Georgia. I mean, that's that's terrible. Terrible for Georgia in that scenario. So I'm not really into that. And by the way, Baylor on the other side. How can I put this? I don't really root for Baylor anymore. Okay. Like, is that, is that too much? I don't really root for Baylor anymore. Now, they're, you know, what they've done and done this season, very impressive. And they they gave Oklahoma everything. I mean, that was a great game, went to overtime. So, you know, from the football standpoint and all that, and I'm not trying to, like, make the kids that are there now pay for the sins of preceding coaches and all that. I just don't really root for Baylor anymore. Okay? So, Baylor, Georgia, doesn't really do it for me. Alabama, Michigan? <laughs> Give me all that. Give me all that you got. In the Citrus Bowl? Who would have thought that the Citrus Bowl was going to be like just the, the clash of the titans, right, between Michigan and Alabama? Now, I understand, okay, Michigan, they're just sort of what they are. They're never quite as good as you want them to be, right? Well, of course, you're Ohio State. In, exact, in which case, they're exactly as good as you want them to be. They're good enough that it matters to them and that they think that they have a chance and then they find out they got no chance <laughs> when they play the Buckeyes and Harbaugh. I mean, right, this is going to be the year. Urban Meyer's out. Ryan Day, first-time head coach. Harbaugh's finally going to figure out a what. No. No, 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 no. You missed the first extra point on the first touchdown, and that is the kiss of death. But anyway, they're playing Alabama, and Alabama, without... Tua all of a sudden becomes a very intriguing football game. And also, Minnesota and Auburn, that does it for me, too, because I like Auburn, and I'm very interested to see what P.J. Fleck and the Minnesota Golden Gophers do when they're legitimately in the Outback Bowl, a really good game, a great bowl game to be in. Remember, P.J. Fleck was the head coach at Western Michigan when Western Michigan was the group of five entrant into uh, the playoffs. I believe they played and lost, but lost very close to Auburn. I got to go back and remember if that's in fact what it is. Was it Wisconsin? Okay, they lost to Wisconsin. Because Auburn lost, maybe it was UCF. But Minnesota going against Auburn, 18 versus 12, that's also going to be a uh, great football game. By the way, if you're wondering, the last game on the docket, now we have the national championship. It's Monday the 13th of January. That's something else that hasn't really been paid too much attention to. There's a, It's fully two weeks. In fact, more than two weeks now between the semifinals and the national championship. And it used to be, remember when there was just one game in the BCS and there was fully like a month off between the last game? And some, some conferences didn't have a conference championship game. So if you won your conference and made it into the national championship game, you could have like four weeks, like 33, 38 days off between games, which is crazy. I mean, it's just, it, it, it delivered some really bad football. Okay. Cause you do lose something over the course of a month that you don't play a game. Well, now these teams just played their last game last Saturday. They're going to play again on the 28th of December. So they get about, I don't know, 
two and a half, three weeks, and then it's another two more weeks before they play on Monday the 13th. By the way, the FCS National Championship game is Saturday the 11th, I believe. The 11th of January. I mean, it is way out there down in Frisco, Texas. So there's a long way to go between between bowl games, between uh, uh, champ, you know, semifinals and national championships. It's, uh, it's a long wait, and in some cases it may be good, and in some cases not very good. And I guess you just got to figure out how to navigate it if you're a coach or your team in that position. If you are in that position, no good for you. One of the last two standing, and that's uh, pretty impressive. Stu Tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. We'll take a break. Coming up here in about mm, just under 10 minutes from now, Jay Hill, the head coach of the Weber State Wildcats, going to join us. Weber State hosting the University of Montana, 8 o'clock Mountain Standard Time on ESPN2 Friday night. We will talk to him about his team getting ready and facing the Montana Grizzlies for a second time this season. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Looking forward to talking with Jay Hill, and we'll get him in here as, as we're able as they finish up practice there in Ogden. But I just want you to want to take you back uh, to the game in Missoula, the Weber State-Montana game on November the 16th, okay? Now, this is the second-to-last game of the season, of the regular season, and it's less than a month ago. It will still be less than a month between games when these two teams match up on Friday night. Montana got out to the very early lead because of a punt that went into the middle section of the East stance, okay? And Samari Toure scored on a 10-yard pass from Dalton Snead. Now, there's this thought that at that point the avalanche was on, but it wasn't. There was still some mistakes. He had the blocked punt, you had the, or the, the, the dropped punt, excuse me, and everything else that happened in there. Washington State, actually, or Washington State, Weber State actually scored next. Had a field goal, and it was 7-3 with a minute 30 left in the first quarter. And then on a two-play, 81-yard drive, Dalton Sneed hit Samari Toure on the first of two slants. You know, he was hitting that slant in the middle where nobody was really home. And scored a 79-yard touchdown before the end of the quarter. Then followed that up with Marcus Knight scoring just two minutes into the second quarter, and it was 21-3, which it was until half, and then got out two more scores in the second half. And again, at that point, after that third touchdown, several guys injured and out for Weber State, and it just simply was not going their way, and they weren't able to recover. They did score two late touchdowns. 
Again, I don't think those are all that consequential. Here's what is consequential. I think Jay Hill and Weber State have been looking forward to this football game and the potential of this. Jay Hill said it in his postgame press conference after that Grizz-Montana football game, and he also alluded to it during the uh, reveal, during the bracket reveal. He said, hey, man, we win a game, which they did last week, and you know we will have an opportunity if Montana wins to play the Grizz again which an opportunity of redemption, I think, is significant, is important. Weber State playing, you know, again, a good Kennesaw State team that is a triple option team is always a tough matchup. They get this 26-20 uh, win over a team that was an 11-win team. I mean, that's a huge win. And so uh, that's outstanding uh, for them, and it's going to be a great game Friday night. So let's go now to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. We are joined by the head coach of the Weber State Wildcats, Jay Hill. Coach, thanks once again for being on with us. I know it's a short week. you got a ton of work that you're doing uh, down there getting ready for this, so we really appreciate it. How are you? We're doing great. Yeah, just in preparation, like you said. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, on on a short week like this, how much benefit is there the fact that you already played this team less than a month ago when it comes to maybe the scout, some of the preparation, some of the film study? Can you compress that because you've played already? Well, yeah, I think we can feel comfortable about knowing what they like to do. But they're the same way, right? They've they're. I don't see there's any advantage one team over the other, but it does help us feel like at least we're prepared and have an understanding of what's going on. Right. Uh, Jay, obviously in the in the game in Missoula, nothing really went your way in that football game. Some some funky errors and then a couple of injuries that were significant as well, and it, and it just sort of got away uh, th- for, the, for the first three quarters of that. I know, though, that this is an opportunity that you see this for your team uh, to play this Grizzly team again, and it's obviously a quarterfinal playoff game as if you need more motivation, but how do you prepare your guys for this team given that you, you played and how it went the first time around less than a month ago? Well, it's football, right? And we played that game that week, and then they turned around the very next week and did the same thing to Montana State. And the reality is you better be ready to play each week because when you're playing the elite teams, you can't make the mistakes we made, and you can't you can't handle business like we did, and think the results are going to be any different. They won't be. So, but we've been there before. We've had, you know, games where you don't play great, and then the very next week you play your best game. So, that's what we're hoping for. When you've looked at, at your team here down the stretch and playing some really good, you know, teams on down the way, and obviously Kennesaw State last week, what do you like about where your team is? You've been great all season long, but especially now into uh, into December football. Well, the last week was a huge game for us, I believe, because we played, uh, in my opinion, one of the best teams that wasn't seeded. Uh, they, they've proven that over the last four years. They've won 40-some games in the last four years and have been a – uh, quarterfinal team a couple times. I mean, they prove they they're a great team. I think they're as good right now as they've been with that new quarterback they got running that offense. They uh, they picked things up big time in the last week with that guy. So I, we're battle tested. Uh, we know that we've been in some wars this year. We played as many top ten teams this year as anybody in the country, and we're battle tested. And we know what Montana's all about. Now we just got to go out and put it on the field and. Uh, really execute on game day, and that's what we did not do last time. You know, it's interesting at the FCS level, I think most coaches are, are excited to be able to be on an ESPN platform and have a nationally televised game, but it's also funky that it's going to be on a night, on a Friday night, not even a Saturday night. What do you think about just sort of the give and take of that and, and playing now a night game, a late night game, frankly, uh, for your, your quarterfinal? Well, 
Well, I'm, I'm okay with it. We've, we've actually done it each of the last two years. We played James Madison Friday night two years ago, and then last year we played Maine Friday night. So uh, this is not something that's unusual to uh, this football team. So I don't mind it. Uh, all eyes will be on us. There's nothing else going on football-wise on Friday, so I'm actually kind of excited about it. Jay Hill joining us. He's the head coach of the Weber State Wildcats. Weber State, an outstanding win last week over Kennesaw State to get into the quarterfinal. They host Montana Friday night, 8 p.m. And, Coach, when it comes to the matchup in this game and and just scheming it up, when you see what a team did the first time you played against them, you assume that they're going to change up you know, some things, but how much stuff do you try and keep or do you try and change when you're going against a team that's now obviously very familiar? Well, I mean, you got to have your little wrinkle and you got to have your tweaks, but Montana's where they're at because they do what they do and they do it very well. So, and we're going to get their base stuff. We know it. Uh, they're very good at what they do. Uh, I don't see them changing a lot, but they'll definitely have a wrinkle or two that's new for this game. Jake Constantine has uh, has been a guy who's been, I think, playing you know maybe better than people even think or really realize over the course of, of the back part of this season. What have you seen out of your quarterback that that you know says, "Hey, we're happy to have this guy back here. He's going to get it done for us." Well, he's a veteran guy. I mean, he's been there, done that. Last year, he went on a stretch of six or seven games where he was completing the ball for seventy two percent of his passes, and he's had similar stretches this year where. You know, there's times where he looks like one of the better quarterbacks in the big sky for sure. And we just, we got to have him play that way. If he plays that way on Friday night, we'll like the outcome. We just, we need him to have a great game against the Grizz. And, uh, you know, they they obviously do some things that cause you fits. We need to take advantage of the things that we feel we have in our throw game and in the run game. Last thing for you here, Coach, but, you know, I think one of the obvious strengths of your team is your defense and specifically your defensive line. And you got a, a bunch of guys that are all conference players on that. How, I don't know, how excited are they to be able not just to play in a quarterfinal game, but to play in a quarterfinal game against Montana and, and, and have an opportunity to sort of control the last, you know, another chapter in this rivalry in the game that they've played against. Well, I think it's huge. And it's big for these guys because they win this, this game and this is this is a big game for us. It'll be the first time we get to the semifinals. Uh, it will. It's the, already the winningest senior class in school history. This defensive line is really the heart and soul of our team. And uh, you got to give Montana credit. I thought they did a great job last game of just kind of eliminating them and putting the stress elsewhere. Um, I thought they did a good job of that. And we need these guys to step up and have a big game and. Uh, no matter what Montana does, we need these guys to influence the outcome of this game. Well, Coach, we certainly appreciate you taking the time again on a short week like this. Uh, as always, we enjoy talking with you. Best of luck on Friday night. Really looking forward to this. It's going to be a great football game. Thanks so much. Yep. Can't wait. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not.
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.